get the customer to love yeah. your solution, to, to talk about it in an emotional s state. Uh, and there, there is this uh, kind of, uh, in the last couple of years, people say, oh, ask your customers, uh, how would they feel if you take the solution away? Right? That's kind of the test. Um, so you want them to use the solution, you use full story, use whatever uh, uh, method to see their engagement within the platform, uh, see where, where they need help with. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Lomitech and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel. Let's talk about permission, security, compliance, and enterprises. Meet Dotan Barnoy, co-founder and CEO of Authomize. Prior to co-founding Authomize, Dotan led the product management for the Infinity Next platform at Checkpoint Software, following the successful acquisition of Forcenox Security, where he served as co-founder and CEO. He also founded and served as CEO of Rizek Tech. Dotan is also a member of the Technion Board of the Governors, Israel Institute of Technology. This is one hell of an episode. Welcome, Dotan. Dotan Barnoy, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Optimize. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you very, very much for coming. Uh, I love what you're doing. I love the space that you're in. Uh, I very, very much love uh, your investors. And so we, we already talked about that before, but I'm really excited to get to know you better over these next 20 minutes and get to know Authomize and the space that you're in. Uh, and, and really, you know, rigorously thinking, why is now the right time for a company like Authomize? You know, this idea of permissions and and you know, it's it's been going. It's hundreds or thousands of years ever since we had some sort of hierarchical structure in society. But now we have a startup that that raised a wonderful Series A called Optimize, and I'm excited to hear uh, why your experience spans much much broader than than Optimize, whether it's from your time at Barilan and the Technion, and uh, you sold the previous company to uh, Checkpoint, uh, Forcenock, and and Risec Technologies Ltd. So I, I really want to push forward now because 20 minutes is way too short. Tell me a little bit about what led to your conviction to start Authomize uh, with a good friend, Ron Lieberman. Yeah, so uh, about a year and a half, a little bit, uh, maybe a couple of months more, uh, we started Authomize with three partners. Uh, Gal Diskin, our CTO and co-founder, uh, was the city of Saivera that was acquired by Palo Alto. He then led the Palo Alto Israel. Uh, and the entire traps and the cortex solution within Palo Alto, and Ron Lieberman, that you know well, uh, from uh, the uh, cursing in Hebrew, A200 uh, Telpiot, which is uh, the code name for Cyber Cyber. And uh, we started really doing things by the book. We started a process of ideation, talking to dozens of CIOs and CISOs uh, from different verticals, different company sizes, in order to validate uh, our uh, assumption about managing authorization. And we started looking at OPA, the Open Policy Agent. We mm -hmm. thought that's an interesting direction, but when talking to the different uh, um, executives, the different managers, we understood that this is kind of a small piece of a larger picture that is missing, which is the authorization management, the, the overall. Um, and you're right, authorization is done, I don't know, I don't know about thousands of years, I can imagine, I don't know, who can enter the cave and what they can do within the cave is kind of a, 
authorization. <laughs> uh, but um, but uh, you're right, the RBAC model, the role-based access control exists from the 90s and then we had uh, 2002, we had the SOX regulation coming in to effect, making uh, the monitoring, the governance, uh, identity governance as a kind of a, a given that every company, every public company needs to do. But since then, not a lot changed around the authorization. Uh, and, that's, and that's kind of uh, uh, created a void because the world did change. Cloud appeared and the adopt adoption of SaaS applications and so on. So I can dive into that even more, if, uh, but I don't want to. Oh, thanks. So, so if you look at the last 10 years and you look at companies like Okta, uh, mm -hmm. um, you can look at companies like uh, all the zero trust companies. So there was a lot of changes within the security space in the last 10 years, right? Zero trust, the SSO, the Okta, uh, Casby's. And then this did not happen in a void. This happened to address something that that the customers needed because they started adopting more and more cloud application. They moved, they moved to AWS, to Azure, to GCP. They, they started adopting different ways of doing business. But when you look at the authorization side of things, how we are managing who has access to what, this is kind of the authentication, but what they, what they can do when they, after they log in, that's still mostly based on defining a role, defining a groups, defining roles to that group, defining so it's manual. So when you onboard someone to your organization and you define what they can do, then they start opening permission requests, you're fixing and you're changing what they can do. And then when they move to different uh, position, you make those changes again. And then when they leave the organization, you need to make sure that you actually took away everything. And this all, what I'm describing is mostly manual. You get to uh, Fortune 500 companies that still have Excel sheets and they, they have uh, one of the big four coming every year to fix the RBAC model. Um, when they need to do user access reviews, where they need to understand the, actually what an identity, what a user has within different resources, they need to go to different applications separately. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was obvious that even if uh, Gal, Ron, and myself will sit in Cancun drinking pina colada, waiting and looking at the uh, stars, that uh, there's a new category that's going to emerge that, that will disrupt this entire way of uh, doing authorization management. So I'll throw my thoughts into that. What I really want to ponder here is 2021 authorization management. Tell me a little bit more about the need because at the end, all, everything that we're talking about here is causing delays to the organization, right? Every time that, they, that somebody has to wait for permissions, I've been on both ends. Uh, inevitably, it's going to delay some operations. You're giving less freedom to the employees. Why is it so critical today and why has it evolved so much over the last 15, 20 years like you mentioned? Yeah. Um, so, so imagine there's two things. One is the operational side and the other is the security. Mm -hmm. So those are two ends of a different uh, spectrum. I can say everything, everyone is admin. No delays in operation. Everyone can do. So I have 300 applications. New employee comes in. He's admin on, every, on each one of those. From now on, I promise you there's not going to be any delay. Nobody need, will come and say, I don't have access to something. Mm -hmm. They have access to everything all the time. So operational-wise, this is <laughs> extremely easy uh, to manage. Security-wise, this is extremely risky. I wouldn't recommend that to, as, a, as a way to go. And then the other side of things is, is let's try to close, let's try to be more strict. Let's try to reduce the risk. And this is the challenge. How can we do that still keeping the operational 
side of things not to explode, but kind of keeping the risk uh, as low as needed. How we can make sure that a user, or a human user, as well as a machine identity, which is another topic in itself, uh, gain only the access they need. And when I say access is needed, a lot of time people imagine, oh, you're going to strip a lot of permissions. Yeah, that's one side of the things. But the other side is, if you're doing your work well, if Authomize works well, they, we can actually recommend adding permission to someone that is likely to need. So it's right. finding the right balance. It's not necessarily just stripping away permission. And, and when you have on-prem, Oracle, SAP, something, and that's your main um, applications, and not, not a lot of changes, not a lot of movement within the organization, the RBAC model from the 90s can work. Mm-hmm. When you have 30% change in your application on a yearly basis, employees coming, going, uh, and you're trying to keep the velocity of your organization, of your operation, you cannot do that manually. And you need, you need A to Z. You need something that looks at the identity, looks at deep into granularity of those applications to the assets, understand the relation between them, and then makes your life easier. Right. And so when you're looking today at companies and how you are built as you're building optimize and 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 soon I'll want to go back to the the prediction side of things because I think that's that's something very very interesting what are you learning or what have you learned through working with enterprises already regarding the way that you know the the different stakeholders are treating authorization within the organization and and the willingness to adopt you know a new startup that is coming and going to be working internally within the core of how the organization functions operationally. Yeah. So authorization as a whole sits on three legs, generally. It sits on the security, on the operation, mm-hmm. and the compliance. So we are focusing on mid-market, so compliance and security com- comes together. Um, and w- this is kind of our s- first step, security-wise. So what we see from organization is because we are a SaaS, because it's extremely easy to deploy us, uh, as long as you really have a fine-tuned understanding on both sides of the use case of the problem you're trying to solve, then the process works really fast, and the value, and you can get uh, time to value, which is days. So once we have uh, a customer, we define the application they need to help with. It could be uh, AWS, Office 365, Salesforce, and GitHub, for argument's sake. Mm-hmm. And, you def- and you then integrate to their IDP, the, the Azure Active Directory or Okta or Ping. You get the information within Authomize. Authomize does the magic. We analyze that, and we are then able to say, here is what we see. Here is what needs to happen. Now you can define guardrails. Now you can run user access reviews, all of that within the Authomize platform in, in, in the, your tip of your fingers. Very easy. So, so as long as things are defined. And the other thing, the other insight is, I would say that for us, that was, that was, this is part of the opportunity. When you deploy in Okta, your vision, uh, Okta is your SSO, your vision is that Okta will be integrated to the entire stack you have. 300 applications, right. great. I need Okta on, for those 300 applications all the time. When you look at authorization, authorization comes into play specifically in your critical applications where your data is the most, most, the most sensitive information is there where, uh, where your crown jewels are. So mm-hmm. 
it's going to be your Office 365, it's going to be your uh, Git, it's going to be your Drive box, Dropbox, it's going to be GCP, it's going to be uh, Jira, it's going to be applications, uh, and this is not just named operating, this is uh, application we have out of the box connectors and you can connect us extremely easy. So, so it's going to be a list between 5 to 15 applications that you need to support in the organization and, and do it well. And this is what we bring to the table. So it made our life very easy as a as so organization paint solution. Me, paint me a short picture. If we're looking two, three years down the line, you know, you're moving very, very fast with Optimize. You have an, an incredible team uh, working with you and, and incredible also investors that are, that are powering you. And what, where is the, how is the world different in two, three years thanks to Optimize? Uh, and then I want to touch a little bit back on, on your previous experiences. Yeah. So, um, so as, I focus, we, as I mentioned before, we are focusing on mid-market. So uh, this is somewhat similar play to what Okta did, um, and then moving to the enterprise. That means that we took a challenge of being an intuitive, easy to deploy, easy to use solution. You can plug and play and manage your authorization. And I was really surprised uh, talking with uh, friends in the industry, giving lectures in a few, that even companies that are extremely small, 50 people, 100 people, uh, uh, came and said, we need that. And um, it's, it's amazing to see that even when you're uh, 50 users or 75 users or 200 users and someone left the organization, you don't know whether or not they still have. Uh, someone did a local account in Salesforce and you didn't know about that and they still have access to that information. Or, so, so the need exists in both the enterprise but the, uh, the small customers uh, uh, as well. We are focusing on the mid, so you asked me about the big picture. We see ourselves as kind of building a model very similar in uh, Octa's model of being moving really fast, addressing this mid-market that has the need, being the first and last authorization management solution, and then moving within the organization to help those organizations with the security, with the compliance, with the operation. So there's kind of a... Uh, lend and expand with this fact of more and more application that you can connect us to help you manage and more and more use cases in the different domains that we can help you with. So uh, in my vision in three years, when you integrate Authomize, uh, uh, it will take you minutes and the value will be almost immediately and each one of the different departments will be able to have the, uh, in the, the ability to say, oh, I have, a, I, have a, I have a need now to run because of compliance mm -hmm. user access review, that's easy for me. Or security, I have a policy that I want to enforce that external, uh, I'm, I'm doing, uh, I have subcontractors, they have access to different resource, I want to have a policy around that, great. Or I have an RPAs, so I have uh, uh, robotic processes, I have machine identities, machine identity, which is a pain, I think the next year will be all around, everyone will be talking about machine identities. How do I know? Because I, I can't talk to a machine. There's no that it will not answer me, and nobody has the. the uh, it's extremely scary to take one of those identities down because you don't really know what they're supposed to do, who set right. them that up, and so on. So, and it could be that the one that actually added them is gone. He left the organization, so yeah. you don't have anyone to ask. So, so there's there's kind of this entire uh, uh, from security perspective. Uh, visibility and observability of what's going on within the organization and my ability to um, set up the, those guardrails and violations of policy I want to enforce. 
and then in the operational side, we want to make uh, the, so there's no reason for, let's say permission request. There's no reason that a human will get the ticket, will start scratching his head, and then uh, I call it art, make a decision because he has a lot of experience in the organization and he knows from past experience that for, to answer this permission request, he needs to add you to this group. But if someone else would got that ticket, they will add you to a different group. Both of those will give you permission to the resource you ask for, but the question is which one is better, which one is the true uh, way of solving that uh, permission request. So we need to make that science and let the human get involved only where you need them. Otherwise, the uh, uh, machi machine, the AI can do that better and faster. 100%, 100%. Now, Dotan, a serial entrepreneur, founded companies previously, acquired by, one of them acquired by Checkpoint. What, as you're, as you're thinking back now on the last year and a half, what comes to mind in regards to some things that you're bringing with you that you brought with you from your previous experiences that, that a first-time entrepreneur may just not even be aware of because it's not trivial. Something very, you know, an internal conviction that you have with you that is either giving you confidence or is just helping you push forward. So, yeah, great question. So, as I, as I kind of uh, stated before, we are, we are working very, um, um, very neatly by the book. The ideation process was real. A lot of Israeli entrepreneurs are very strong when it comes to the technology. And uh, many times I see them building something and then start testing it with the customer. And they, they actually start building it before even talking to real customers. Um, so you need to relax. Don't write any line of code. First of all, talk to customer, getting the feedback. And when you talk to them, don't try to sell them their solution. Understand their problem, their side of the uh, their side, the, the kind of their problem, what they are trying to solve, what their priorities are, uh, who's the budget, even who's the budget owner. We, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you a golden uh, tip. Every call you're going to have, not just with customer, but every call you're going to have. Let's say that you have 45 minutes talk with a customer, and you're telling them you already have a solution. You're trying to convince them it's the best solution in the world. You're having the conversation. Leave the last 10 minutes of the call to talk about the process to understand how things are gonna happen with this organization, what's important for them, who's the people you need to get, uh, to, to get involved in that process, what's the decision uh, process, uh, what's the buying process, and so on. Um, RESEC is a network security. So originally when we need to deploy, that was like in the old world. You came to a customer site, you, well, COVID, nobody right. could, but imagine before COVID, if you remember, millions of years ago, before uh, Corona, before the COVID, we actually met with one another. So we came to a customer site. We told the customer, it will take you a couple of weeks. It took three months. We deployed that. It started working. It was in line, right? It was, uh, so the conversation was, how are going to do active-active? Are you going to do passive-active? Are you going to, so uh, the redundancy, right? The availability and blah, blah, blah. And then when, so that was a real pain, extremely hard to sell uh, from this perspective of the integration as a process, huge process, uh, uh, and then, which involved a lot of people. And then force knock was, here is a VM, it's already packed, ready, deploy that. Um, it was much easier, much quicker. Customers can test the solution quicker. And now I'm actually even in an easier world. Right? Everything is API-based. We are SaaS. So 
but so, so, so the integration is easy, value is quick. Now the challenge is making sure that before you do the integration, everything is aligned. The customer and you understand why you're doing it, understand the value they're going to see, uh, are set, they have the resource to, to use that, right? And then once it's deployed, it kind of moves to, in our case, to what we call the customer success, right? You want to, make, to show them the value out of your solution. Um, I like the model of the 30, 60, 90, um, but kind of making a long story short is get the customer to love yeah. your solution, to, to talk about it in an emotional state. Uh, and there, there is this uh, kind of, uh, in the last couple of years, people say, oh, ask your customers, uh, how would they feel if you take the solution away, right? That's kind of the test. Um, so you want them to use the solution, you use full story, use whatever uh, uh, method to see their engagement within the platform, uh, see where, where they need help with. And there's a lot of challenge there from without optimizing still. It's a work in progress. It's a journey. It's, it sounds like an amazing journey, and, I, and I'm inspired by, by the process. And, and on one hand, you're saying you're working by the book. On the other hand, it's, you know, it's very mythological, but, but it's also very critical and very rigorous. And I think that it's, 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 there is no playbook into, into creating a successful company. There are things that I think you learn and that you understand along with your very, very seasoned team. Uh, and so I'm, I'm inspired to follow the journey. Uh, I, I, I need to let you run to, to, build, yep. to, to continue building a company, but I want to take two more minutes out of your time to ask you some questions about yourself, Dutan. I want you to take me back to your childhood and what really fascinated you as a kid before startups, before high tech. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm from the 70s, so we, we had floppies and uh, computers uh, was a little bit different back then. Uh, my first computer was a Sinclair. Uh, so... Uh, that 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 and I'm uh, there's another Israeli term called kibbutz. So I'm uh, I spend my childhood in a kibbutz, uh, which is uh, uh, I'll let you Google. Uh, everyone who doesn't know, Google it. What kibbutz is? Double B. Um, uh, so this was uh, computers and the fact that I lived in uh, an area with a lot of animals and we had uh, I raised uh, pony horses. This is from a Seinfeld joke, I guess. Um, so that's my Amazing. childhood. And today, what inspires you? So I have a four-year-old uh, uh, daughter, uh, and that's uh, you find yourself that uh, your life kind of is around that, and that's what really, uh, really makes me get up in the morning and stay awake at night. <laughs> I love it. And what are three words you would use to describe yourself? Oh. Uh, so I guess I, that's a great question. Um, so first of all, yeah, I, don't, if, if, um, I, I won't go the tribal uh, uh, way, but I'll, I'll say first of all, there's a lot of opposites in, in, my, in me. So from, I could be extremely serious on certain terms and extremely kind of uh, funny and uh, jokish on others. Uh, I could be extremely open on certain topics and extremely close on others. So there's kind of a, there's trying to generate this balance, and which is, uh, so one word could be uh, managing opposites or balance. Uh, and this is also true to what we are trying to build as a culture here in the company between life and work balance. Um, um, I'm extremely friendly. So I'm well connected as a huge network of friends and they're really friends. 
So I, I would like to imagine that um, if you send me a WhatsApp or at the middle of the night that you're stuck with a, I don't know, on a highway with a flat tire, uh, I'll be there for you, man. And the, uh, uh, thirdly, I would like to say I'm a family man. Um, I'm really like, uh, I'm, I, ask me, 10 years ago, I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't be, I wasn't sure I would even want a kid, and today, she's kind of uh, my life, so. Dutan, for an amazing 20 minutes. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm definitely going to WhatsApp you when I have a flat tire. Uh, I don't know many people who will come in the middle of the night, so now I know one and I'm, I'm going to use it. So thank you for that. And anybody who's listening, I'll send you Dutan's WhatsApp. And so thank you for everything. Uh, best of luck with Athamize. Continue inspiring all of us and stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you. Thank you very much. My, my pleasure.